Welcome to the Podcast of Power, the only Lord of the Rings Rings of Power podcast ever available on the internet ever, past, present, and future. I'm your host, Mike White. I'm joined by, of course, Mr. Chris Tashu. I'm actually an AI robot paid for by Amazon. That's just an, like, it's one of those AI bots that just took all my podcasts and just starts stringing it together to make sense. Hello. Alexa. I like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Alexa, did you take over the podcast again? Oh, <laughs> uh, no. I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> I mean, user. <laughs> How many times have you watched Lord of the Rings? Mike, I mean, user. (laughs) (laughs) This episode, we're talking about the eye. It's not the eye you're thinking of. It's not the old brown eye. It's not the old brown eye or the whispering eye even. No, no. This is Galadriel's eye that opens up. Or is it the queen's eyes that get torched in a very Uh, dubious sequence? Or is it the eye of Sauron? It's not that. It's not that. No, no <laughs> I don't, don't think it's that. No, no. We don't even say the word Mordor. We get Mordor. it in a very <laughs> cheesy. Oh, it was the Southlands, but god. now it's Mordor. Oh god, what was yeah. that? Oh lord. Don't I... call it the Southlands anymore. I'll think of something. That's what I was waiting for. It's not the Southlands anymore. Yeah. It, oy. Well, hey, you know what? Uh, for as ham-fisted as that is, because it is kind of ham-fisted, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I thought the episode was kind of fun. Yeah, I had a good time with this one. And we get all the storylines. Oh, I was shocked. What Me in, too. What is going on, show? We have we have ramped it up significantly and, yeah. and actually given Galadriel something to do. Yeah, other than At, just mope. Or or say one-liners that are going to be in the trailer for the first right. season of the show. <laughs> I have a tempest within me. Now let me repeat this line eight times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, she actually is given a fair amount of things to do with uh with Theo. Though I what 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 were the stakes of the volcano exploding? Can I ask you that? Are you able to discern what the stakes were because I'm, no. I'm having a tough time here not yet i don't know how many people are dead i don't know how many people are alive i don't know who's lost i don't know who's found i guess remove galadriel from all this like it what yeah she got she doesn't get hurt fine she's an elf but how does it what uh, okay i have a mm-hmm. hard time understanding because all of a sudden some characters are dead some characters have disappeared. Some characters are blind, but nobody dies. Well, there's that one dude who is like, ah, I think I'm going to retire now. I'm done with the sailing life. And he's the one that I think they couldn't pull out or he's yeah, dead yeah. underneath that pile. Yeah, he eats shit real fast. Yeah. But I look, I honestly didn't expect this episode to pick up right oh, where. Yeah. Because I, I didn't know what to expect, but yeah, it picks right back up where we were. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, so now we're going to separate everybody again for this episode. We have Galadriel and Theo going off on their kind of vision quest together. I don't know, to to, to make right or something. I, they get separated from the group and then everybody else sans a sealder because apparently a sealder is dead, but. We ever we all know he can't be dead, right? We all know better. (laughs) Show like, would you stop this shit? Yes, sealed or my son is dead. So that was a fucking lie. Like he Mm -hmm. can't. Yeah, but so 
So Muriel the Queen is blinded in all of this, seems to be the only one. So we find out that she's blind, and then the rest of the episode really has nothing to do with them, which I was kind of okay with. Yeah. Once we pivoted away from Galadriel and Theo and Elendil and Muriel and... (laughs) For whatever reason, Halbrand is also like half dead. Uh, yeah. Off screen, this attack happens, I guess. Yeah. It, it's weird. The the We've kind of had this weird issue with the Numenor storyline up until this point not being particularly interesting. And yeah. when it met up with the Arondir storyline, I was like, okay, like maybe this is going to go somewhere now. And it. Yeah, I know not no, really. Doesn't. So no. kind of spinning its wheels. Now they have to go on a fetch quest to, to heal Halbrand and maybe we'll find out who he's supposed to be. But yeah, now Galadriel is tasked once again with going off to save somebody else again. OK, yeah. but speaking of going on journeys, the Harfoots, man, I was glad oh, to yeah. see them back. And I was glad to kind of see that all of the Harfoots have kind of come around to the stranger. Can't call him Gandalf anymore because I. I, th- I think you're right. I think he's Tom Bombadil. Tom Bombadil, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I think you're right, Mike. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was pleased to see that the show has kind of pivoted them in an interesting direction regarding him. They're not they're not all just kind of like, oh, he's such a, a terrible, like, pox upon us. Like, no, you're about to find out who the real... <laughs> Apparently, we're finding out who the real pox upon the land is with, again, introduction of more new character. Ray, they've already introduced them, but we, yeah. we still don't even know who they are. Well, I'll tell you who they are. They're the Nomad, the Ascetic, and the Dweller. So yeah, they don't tell us who they are. Because who the fuck is the Nomad, the Ascetic, and the Dweller? I couldn't tell you. No, me neither. But... So so early on in like the the stuff that they were showing for the show, they showed that one character, mm-hmm. the the one with the close cropped hair. Yeah, and everyone's like the Nomad. Edith Poor is her name. Everyone's like that's Sauron. I guess everybody forgot that that was also a female actor well she does have a little bit of an androgynous very much so with that very short haircut and stuff because i mean i think i referred to her as eminem uh, the last time we spoke about i thought she was i thought it was a male character yeah and then it's made very clear in this episode that it is a female character which is interesting because now i i really no idea who these were right. these characters are supposed to be but they seem to have some connection to the stranger they seem to be looking for him and continuing to follow him and he, he heals all the trees and then leaves yeah yeah he makes like a tree and leaves yeah oh wow sorry and yeah we get these this trio and they're after him and when she puts her the fire out with her hand i was just like oh that's kind of badass and then when she's just like oh and by the way i'm gonna torch this fucking village i was like oh (laughs) i didn't expect that to me that was more of a conflagration more of a horrible thing than all the stuff that just happened in the southlands aka mordor yeah, I agree. It, yeah. it there were some stakes to it. Like that yeah. that's that's why I asked the thing about the volcano exploding. Like, what are the stakes of this? Like now that orcs can walk around in the daylight, so we have to worry about them 50% more of the time because apparently it was just, you know, 50% of the time you had to worry about them, 50% of the time they were just hanging out. Yeah. Doing whatever. So, okay, so 
I, I guess still try. I mean, we know where what Mordor becomes. So that's what the important thing is, is Mordor is where Sauron forges the ring and where the ring of power can be destroyed. Da, 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 fine. Mm-hmm. But the, the show has not done a good job of establishing what it being Mordor means other than it is now Mordor. That's it. Like, it doesn't. What does that mean for the show? And they haven't told us yet. And, and maybe that's going to be focus of one of the seasons. But like, I would just like to have known like they didn't know what they were preventing, I think, is the problem. And right. so therefore, the stakes can't be inherently obvious right out of the gate, at least not in this first episode post the explosion. And I didn't realize that the I guess maybe I kind of realized that the rune that the stranger puts up in the sky is the same rune that was on the sword, basically that mark of Mordor. And when uh, Lenny Henry hands him the little scrap of paper, I'm just like, oh, oh yeah. Now I remember it was that same shape. And that's right. basically that map of Mordor that Galadriel found in the um, the library there on Numenor. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. So is he trying to find Mordor? I don't know. You're really enjoying saying more. I am. I am. <laughs> Almost as much as Makunaima. Makunaima is a good one. run. Yeah, I love Mordor. When Hugo Weaving says Mordor, I'm just like, yes. I was there, Gandalf. 3,000 years ago in Mordor. Before when I was when I was a nerd with yeah. very pointy features. Yes. God, oh lord! I like I like that guy, and I, I like, know he just looks like a dorky guy. He looks like Doogie Elrond. He really yeah. does. That haircut. Look, they're going to have him have a different haircut in the second season. There's no way, right? He <laughs> looks like a dweeb, and I really like him. He's super endearing. Robert Arameo as Elrond is actually. I mean, everything with him and the dwarves is the best part of the show. Yeah. Still, like hardcore best part of the show. But holy cow, speaking of the dwarves, uh, my goodness, uh, Mrs. Duran. Wow. What is going on? Wow. It seems like she's just been like pouring poison into the young Duran's ear. I'm just like, holy cow, man. Did you see her eyes in that scene? Oh, yeah. They were yellow. Where did come from, man? They were yellow with avarice for gold. I don't know. That's what it, I feel like, okay, the show, like I was talking about this on the Game of Thrones podcast and this Lord of the Rings show in this first season has a very unique problem that I do not like. It's not a unique problem, but it's a problem we've seen before the question is who is sauron like who right because that's the question like who is who is he he's somebody on the show right they've said that he's is a, that right well that's what they've essentially the showrunners have said like he's in the show so oh, okay. people are taking that to be like well he's in the show already so who is he and mm-hmm. so it's like is it the stranger is it Halbrand? is it da 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 is it da-da-da? and it's like i feel like the best way to do Sauron would be to have Sauron be less a person and more like a force of will and of nature that influences people to do things that set the pieces in motion. We know what now as an audience member, you know what's going to happen in Kazadum. Mm-hmm. Before it was all the, you know, if you'd read the books, if you've seen the movies, if you know that what Kazadum is and Moria. Like, if you knew that before, you knew where this was going. But now the show has made it explicitly clear what is going to happen 
with Kaza Doom in the show. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually fucking shocked that is episode eight of the first season of the show, or episode seven of the first season of the show, where we are seeing a Balrog on screen. Holy cow, man. What? Yeah, I was pretty happy. And that Balrog looks really good. Oh my God. It looks better than it. We haven't seen a Balrog since, no. since uh, Fellowship. I mean, yeah. they showed it when they were talking about how Mithril was made, which again, would like to forget that as much as possible. Oh boy, yeah. But yes. but this is the first time we've seen a modern CGI Balrog, and it looks fucking amazing. I know it was only it was being lit essentially from itself, mm-hmm. but it looked great. The fire effects look great. I mean, look, I don't. I'm not some sort of CGI dilettante or anything, but. <laughs> I'll take what I can get when it comes to stuff like this looking good. And I'm sure they're going to overuse it and it's going to be a big deal at some point in the show. But right now that was a really effective moment. I mean, Balrogs aren't that tough, right? You just throw them through the entire world and have a wizard beat them up and they're pretty much taken care of. You just fall to the bottom and fight all the way to the lowest fucking point into the highest peak of the mines. Yeah. And then he just dies after you die in the process of trying to kill it. Right, right, yeah. And I, at least you get to come back from the dead. Right, right. With a new outfit. <laughs> right. Saruman as he was meant to be. <laughs> it's funny to me, the other thing that I was really surprised by is how quickly everything is going with Elrond and the Durin story, and especially Durin with his father. Oh, yeah. It's, it is sped up and taken kind of a quick turn to, I guess, major conflict? Yeah. I couldn't figure out the last two episodes like what the conflict was because it didn't seem like it was that big of a deal, and now it's a big deal all of a sudden. Yeah, it feels like they really went into high gear. And then I'm I'm just like, well, does Galadriel and uh, Arondir, do they know that the elves are in trouble? It doesn't feel like it. Like, Is it just like the elves that hang out by this tree or what? It's the elf cognoscenti that know. Oh, okay. I th- that's the way I interpreted it. It's like the like the elf because Elrond is like elf royalty because his dad is Gilgalad and like you know he's elf royalty. So I guess he would theoretically be privy to these kinds of problems where it's like a a overarching big issue that the elves are going to have to deal with as a race at, at large. I would think he would like uh, of anyone to know that it would probably be. Elrond and Elrond's dad and Celebrimbor. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's weird because the idea that Mithril like brings the elves back to life is it's very it's shown very ham-fistedly. It's shown yeah. in a very dorky way in this episode that feels like a show not well, not as well written as this show can be. It feels like a very dorky show where it's like we have the mithril on the table and we have the leaf on the table and the leaf starts coming back to life. Like, what the hell? Who? The- yeah. And so I'm just like, so since Elrond has a piece of mithril, will he just like... Be like, oh, cool. I'm going to keep this in my pocket and I'll be healthy for lots of years. Almost like I had a ring of power in my pocket. Right. Like, that's what it it, is. What I don't get is the stakes of Mithril are what? That if somebody else gets it, they prevent the elves from surviving? Or is it that the the 
the dwarfs would never give it up. To, is it that the dwarfs just don't want to give it up because of them knowing something's down there? Or or I, I just can't figure out what the stakes of Mithril are. Because if you're the elves, you just go and take it by force. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't yeah. understand. Like if the if the survival of your race is is at a crossroads, you just go take it by force. Pretty much you have to. I mean, that's what we did with Iraq. We had to take all that oil. <laughs> I mean, aren't the elves an occupying force in this show? <laughs> they are totally an occupying force. <laughs> I mean, that's I, that's all I wonder is like, like you said, like who knows outside of this like small group of like decision makers in the world of the Lord of the Rings? Because there, okay. yeah, there are elves that are just common elves that probably don't don't know anything don't think anything of whatever is going on and they may not even have any idea that that's going on like i think to your point like do they know that these things like do they can they feel themselves dying Mm -hmm. so i don't know there's a tree with leaves that have black oil on them i don't know Oh, wow. I just i I just did an x-files crossover (laughs) i know right (laughs) and i guess the other thing i i Again, just not not to pick at the episode, but just kind of the bigger qualms that I had with it was that the way that they treat Bronwyn's character, like stop giving us, uh, like stop making her dead, but yeah, not please. dead. <laughs> what is the deal with that? Like stop yeah. using the death of this character as motivation for anything, because now right. you've done it twice in the span of two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> it's more unbelievable that she survived the volcano explosion while looking the way she did last episode. Yeah. yeah. Like they should have done it now, not then when it's like I, I they've baited it twice. Now I just think that's really lazy screenwriting. Yeah. And the whole thing of um, Ilsador's dad, just like, Oh, Hey, it's Ilsador. Oh, just another guy. Okay. Oh, and his horse. And we're going to let his horse go. And like, then okay. follow his horse. Like, yeah. I don't understand. Like you, you know, his horse is like bonded to him. So follow his goddamn horse. And it kind of reminds me of uh, uh, Bregel from uh, uh, the the two towers, where it's just like, oh, my master fell. I'm going to go down here and help him out and take him back to Helm's Deep. Right. It's like it, that. Always felt like to me. I don't know how. I always that's always rubbed me the wrong way in two towers. That whole Aragorn is dead thing. Mm-hmm. Because it it works kind of works in the book, I guess. But there's not enough time. No, at all. Mm-hmm. And you you have to give the audience a moment to grieve the goddamn character if you're going to kill the character. Give them a moment for pity's sake. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? It's like, what are you guys doing? I don't understand. You yeah, can't kill a like... character and then just be like, nah, they're back. I mean, I, they did that in that Star Wars movie. They're like, Chewbacca's dead. Just kidding. No, he's not. Like, he's back away. What? Like, right. fucking come on. Yeah, it's like, oh, my lady, he fell. Oh, I'm just kidding. Here he is. Yeah. I, oh God. <laughs> I've been playing the Lego Lord of the Rings game. That's literally how it happens in Lego Lord of the Rings. He's like, he fell. And then he just goes, bang, it opens the gate in the same scene. And it's like, yeah, I can get down with this being the way it would have gone in the movie because Mm -hmm. it's so unnecessary and it's unnecessary here. It's like five minutes of a 72 minute episode that they give time to this like nonsense of trying to convince us that these characters, oh, maybe Bronwyn's dead. Maybe Arondir's dead. Now at this point, I'm just going to assume that they're not going to die at all in this show 
Like we're going to be watching them have a wrap up at the at the end of this show's run. We're going to see maybe both of them, but definitely one of the two still alive. Mm-hmm. Like it's it you you've already started coding your characters in plot armor that we didn't know had plot armor. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's some characters we know have plot armor, like Elrond, Galadriel, oh, yeah. Isildur, Elendil. Like we know that they have massive. They have story built in plot armor why they're doing that with the characters that we don't know that are created for the show or are new characters is to, it just seems it seems counterintuitive because to to give that scene some to give that scene some weight and some real darkness they might have wanted to kill bronwyn they might have wanted to maybe have another character that could have died there right if you really want to kill a character to give it some weight but i don't even i'm not even sure that that's a worthwhile argument anymore like killing characters to give uh scenes emotional weight i feel like is i don't know i feel like mm-hmm. there are better ways to do to give characters motivation to achieve things per the script i think there's better ways to do it than killing characters off mm-hmm. so yeah i agree and i yeah it's like please just do something you know like like you said we can't just have bronwyn near death every single episode just to make theo or aaron deer freak out right and then I've done it twice. Like I just, I guess my, I guess my overall hope with this show is we have a better understanding after the next episode of what I still don't understand what's going on really in the show. I don't think the show has made it very clear what's going on. I think it's held back a lot of the cards. I mean, it held back the cards in what Adar was trying to achieve. We still don't really know what what's going on with the Mithril outside of that Elrond and Doran are messing around with it. The The character of the stranger is still a stranger. Still, I'm surprised we're at the penultimate episode of the show. Show's first season and we still don't know who he is. I'm kind of surprised. I'm not surprised. I think that next season or sorry, next episode, they will probably have a whole series of mini reveals right at the end. And I think he will be one of the mini reveals. It feels like each storyline could have a reveal. Like who is Halbrand? Who is the stranger? Uh, what is Duran's real motivation or like what's going on with Bisa and her sudden turn against the king or her sudden turn to the dark side. Yeah. Cause gosh, she is, I mean, she was speaking like Darth Sidious in this episode. I was like, Whoa. Yeah. Her like, eyes are yellow and she's, yeah. I, the king is too old. His mind is filled with poison. And I was like, Whoa. Hey, hello. Yeah. Is, is she Sauron? <laughs> I know. Right? I, I mean, that would be, it would make sense because again to to get the dwarfs out of the mountain yeah i mean best way to get the dwarfs out of the mountain is just tell them to keep digging for that mithril mm-hmm. so that they can essentially destroy themselves yeah yeah too deep too greedy I yeah Durin or disa are too greedy and yeah she's got him exactly where she wants him yeah i i I have to go. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch. Is she, is there any sense or hint that that was going on up until this point? No. I mean, her eyes have always been kind of this weird color, but as far as like her speaking so much against Duran's father and just like, well, oh, he's an old fool. And I'm just like, Hmm, this is not the Disa I know from the rest of these episodes. Yeah. I, I don't want to say that she's Sauron, but I think that there is a case that could be made for again, 
like the multiple implementation of Sauron throughout oh, yeah. each storyline, I think is probably a, a better way of looking at it. Cause there's, there's no way you can convince me that Adar is acting of his own volition. Like maybe mm-hmm. he is, maybe Sauron just takes advantage of it, but I can't help but wonder like that has to have some play into it is Sauron is behind all of this. Oh yeah. There's no way Adar is just like, you know what? You know, I feel really bad for these orcs. Right, that I can I, walk out in the sunlight and they can't. Yeah, what am I going to do for these guys? You know, huh? What if I what if I darken the sun somehow? How can I do an explosion? Hmm. I think I might have an idea. Hey, come on over here. Let start digging. <laughs> yeah. Again, like that. You know, it's funny. Like it, as wild as Mount Doom exploding was for the show, like I still have no idea what it means for the narrative writ mm-hmm. large, other than the sky is darkened. That's right. it. Which is not much. Right. And I'm sorry, but like I watched this episode twice at, because I was just like, wait a second. At the beginning, the queen is saving people, and then she's blind. When does that happen? And it is. It just. The moment of her being blinded is so meh. It's like, is that when it happened? Is that how it did? Because it's like, there's no weight to that moment. And even if they were just like, well, you know, this could have happened at this point, but it just, it doesn't feel like it. Well, I think my other issue with her being blind is what does that mean for a character that we don't really care about? Exactly. What does it mean for? for. Yeah. Like, why, why does that matter? Because now she goes back to Numenor to what come supposedly come back when they need them but i mean good really yeah good i you know does ellen Dill leave with her i don't know yeah yes he did because and because he's so pissed off about Ilsador. right so okay so that's interesting so isildur is just in middle earth now yeah by himself just wandering around that could be interesting that could be interesting. Yeah. I would be interested to see where they go with that. Well, especially you give them like a little Dobby sidekick and then they go out and they solve mysteries every week. It'd be great. Or give him like uh, that. He forgets who he is and he's just wandering. Oh, That's probably yeah. the what they're going to do. Like, And then he like looks down and says, do not trust Sammy Jamkus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I think my other kind of concern with this show going into the last episode is this episode felt like the last episode of the season. It did, yeah. In a really weird way, because they they essentially sent everybody out on yet another quest. Right, right. Which is very final episode of the season-y, if that makes sense. Like, it's just, that feels like a convention that I expect from something like this. Right. Well, how... How else are they going to suddenly save someone from doing something or about to get killed unless there's one group that's out there wandering and there's another person that gets in trouble and then right before they die or something bad happens, this group shows up and saves the day. How else are we going to do that? Yeah, we're going to do that again over and over and over again. (laughs) You can only look to the to the east at the dawning of the fifth day so many times apparently but in this show you can do it a lot yeah it's dawn all over the place i honestly thought that when those like weirdos burned the harfoots uh huts that that it would that the stranger was going to come back and stop it or it was going to be like a vision or something Mm -hmm. i i was not expecting that but yeah like it has more weight than anything else and like to your point like I guess finally we have something in the show that sticks. 
that yeah. matters. Like you said, that matters that somebody doesn't come in and save at the last moment. That feels like the big thing that happened this episode. Even then, I don't know how many of the Harfoots were actually in their traveling things. If you know? any. Right. Because at the end, it's like all of these Harfoots there. And I, I like how uh, uh, her, her dad, Nori's dad, gets that speech. We're Harfoots. We stick together. And I'm just like, oh, boy, here comes a big speech coming up. Like Everybody just stops what they're doing and starts looking at him I'm like, OK, I like that actor who plays her dad. And we haven't seen him doing enough on the show. It's because he's Sauron. Oh, my yeah. God, I knew it. Yeah, I'm kind of excited to see where that goes with uh, Lenny Henry and uh, the the Nori, I guess. Nori and Poppy. Sad, and, yeah. yeah. Should be nice. I, I, it felt very fellowship. Oh boy. Yeah. Right. But that whole, like, we're not going to let our friend, you know, perish and these bad forces are after him. And, and, and if, I mean, talk about fellowship when those three orcs are up on the, the hill and Theo and Galadriel are down below and they're hiding from them. I'm just like, and the, of course the one orc is sniffing for them. I'm just like, Oh, this is so fellowship of the ring with the ring wraith there. And, you know, I was waiting for her to like her eyes roll back in the back of her head and like almost puts on the <laughs> ring. Oh no. Okay. Phew. I, I, there was a, I don't know if you heard it. There was a, a Lord, there was a, a ring audio stinger when Galadriel and Theo were talking and she, and she, he says something about like, you know, I don't understand why this happened. She says something to the effect of like, we don't know why some of these things happen, but they will have law. Like they may have an effect on everything, everyone in the future. And right. then you hear the, the fucking oh wow it's like oh my god yeah it's just like very subtle like two or three little like two or three notes of it but it's like yeah 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 we know this is the story with the MacGuffin to end all MacGuffins right it really is we are at the penultimate episode of the first season the show is named Rings of Power and poor Kellebron or whatever he's just like (laughs) poor LeBron James yeah Kellebron whose whose name is way too similar to her husband's name Galadriel's husband's name who is dead question mark oh well he's there in the movies so I missing yeah god whatever stop show yeah he'll show up when she's about to be stabbed or (laughs) yeah Ah, he'll block somebody's sword as it's coming down on her head yeah 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 yeah. yeah. that's why this show is resorting to cheap tactics like that is beyond me but okay i mean i'll make fun of it just the same every time it does it yeah yeah (laughs) i uh i think that you know the the fact that we haven't seen the rings yet is a little surprising. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought that that was going to be the big reveal in the next episode, but he's might got, be. I doubt he doesn't it, have though. the materials for it. He doesn't have the the fire for it. He doesn't have anything going right now. It's like okay, your project is going to take a long time. But but he's an elf. He's got hundreds of years. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. So, so so he thinks. So he thinks, yeah. So he thinks. Yeah, there's nothing is nothing with the with that story has really progressed. We've seen Celebrimbor, what, twice now? Yeah. I I mean, I assume he's probably gonna show up again. 
next episode in some form or fashion because Elrond is going back now to um oh god not Lothlorien I it's almost the said Lothlorien yeah it's the other one the no. one that we hadn't seen up until this point in in the show or in right. I guess ever anything in, in Lord of the Rings but I assume we're gonna see his dad we're gonna see Celebrimbor again I'm sure he'll tell them about the Mithril I think for me like that's the most interesting storyline still in this show is everything with the dwarves and it, mm-hmm. I think I said that the first time we saw them which was what the second episode because they weren't in the first episode of the show right but i think that was the that was our response then was this is the best part of the show by a country mile uh-huh. and i think as we round the the bend here at the final episode you know the second to last episode of the season i think it's still the case yeah. even when they jam pack all four storylines into one episode well peter mullen that guy is oh just God. amazing. Yeah, right. Even under all that goddamn makeup. Yeah, and that fucking beard. How much does that beard weigh, you think? Oh, I have no idea, dude, but it's got to be a lot. He yeah. looks great in that makeup, too. He does. He yeah. just, and there is something to be said for having an actor with his pedigree, <laughs> a Scottish actor playing a dwarf, because for whatever reason, a Scottish accent coming out of a dwarf's mouth oh, just yeah. sounds right. Like, yeah. Right? Kind of the way, you know, again, we don't like The Hobbit, but casting Billy Connolly as a dwarf was pretty inspired. As that bad as that great. is, yeah, he's him Him as an actor is still something I, as a dwarf, is something that I enjoyed about those movies. So, mm-hmm. Do you notice the way that they shoot those dwarves, too? They give them a ton of headroom. Oh, Even yeah. when it's a dwarf versus dwarf, they give them so much headroom to really help make them feel smaller in the frame that they're not just two human-sized people inside of this frame. Which I appreciate. I mean, the show is doing the show is doing as good of a job as the movies did in in not tricking you, but keeping consistent with the gimmick or the yeah. the ma- keeping the magic consistent because it's a magic trick. I mean, this is a ma- this is just a simple movie magic trick of doing forced perspective. And right. I mean, there's a scene with Elrond that's Elrond and Doran that's pretty good. They they show them kind of a, a pretty wide shot of the two of them and he's huge and he's tiny and it puts in perspective because right. you know again the show is like you said the show does a pretty good job of it especially with the dwarfs i mean the, the hardfoots too i think well especially this episode when uh the one person is putting her hand on the fire and you see i mean they're, they're also on like a, a rise and the the hardfoots are below but it makes them even smaller you know, yeah, it's like, oh, they these people are towering over these Harfoots, and it really makes you appreciate how the Harfoots feel in the world that everything is a threat to them. Because I mean, a warg is like four times as big to them as it is to a regular sized person. So it's like, oh right. my god, they're, they're barely a snack to a warg. And that is what I've always appreciated about the 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 Jackson films and now this show is they really do a good job at keeping it consistent with the way the races look and interact with one another mm-hmm. the the production design i don't think anyone's ever going to you know as much as those hobbit movies kind of stink at least the third one they're still really good from a production value like value of the production the quality of the production is just you don't get any better than weta workshops and peter jackson's eye with those things and they've con- kept it consistent with the show mm-hmm. i really this episode for whatever reason looks more jackson than a lot of the other ones we've seen but i i think that the show's a big success of this first season is really staying true to 
a source material interpretation that a large portion of the fan base enjoy. Because I'm not going to, I mean, we both know that not everybody likes Lord of the Rings via Peter Jackson. And there are problems with it versus the source material. But I think more than more fans of Lord of the Rings than not like the movies, which is why this show is an extension of the movies tonally. Cons- consistently throughout throughout i think even when the show is kind of hewing closer to horror like it did in the one episode with the orc kind of coming in through the the ground which i forgot was this show and that this this was this season and it was like <laughs> fucking five episodes ago it's still i think hues very close to what jackson's initial idea was for the world that lord of the rings exists in percent yeah We'll see. I I, I hope that uh, I hope that the show sticks the landing. It uh, it it chose to not do a full ten episode offering. It chose to do eight. Game of Thrones has uh, another week, I think, past this. So Lord of the Rings has taken itself off the table one week early. So we'll see. I think again, like it it's got some weird energy going into this last episode because this episode felt pretty much like a finale. Like, and I I read some reviews online and everybody's echoing that. Like, everybody's like, this episode's weird only because it feels like all the stories kind of meet a logical conclusion to jump off for a new season. Mm -hmm. So maybe the next episode is going to be, like you said, it probably will just be a bunch of reveals or something. Like, that's something is going to recontextualize the season, I feel like. They want us talking about this for the next two years. You know, this is, you know, the the best of both worlds season finale from Star Trek The Next Generation. This is one of these, like, they have to build this up to a cliffhanger so that when you watch this, you know, in a binge watch, you know, 10 years from now, and you're just like, oh, this feels like it must have been the end of the first season or something. And you, and then they, like, hit you with this next one, and you're just like, oh, this was the end of the first season. That's right. And I, I feel like that's what's going to happen, right? It feels like they're, so, they're planning something big for the final episode. And maybe they haven't been revealing the names of the episodes for this episode alone. Maybe the final episode of the first season, it's maybe its name means something or matters to the plot more than we know. I don't know. I mean, it's been weird, in my opinion, that they have not told us the names of the episodes. It feels very intentional maybe it's intentional for a reason for this last episode but i agree it feels like they've like you said it it, anymore in the day of kind of uh i don't know entertainment through spectacle because that's kind of what lord of the rings is like it's a spectacle right like it is high fantasy you know fantasy opera of all these characters whatever it feels like they need to give us that to stand out because Game of Thrones is going to, you know, they're going to anyone who's seen that show knows they're going to have to. And this show has to as well. Yeah, because like you said, it needs to end on a very, very, very strong foot, a hard, strong foot, a strong hard foot, a brandy foot. I'm just waiting for that (laughs) flash forward at the end of the show where it morphs Nori's face into Frodo's. (laughs) And then we both are just like slamming our heads on the table going, I swear to fucking God. No, no, no. I, it's not going to happen. What? So, so as we come into the final episode of the season, wh- what, what are, what are your hopes for what we get out of the final episode? Well, I'm hoping that the stranger puts on some yellow boots and starts singing. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Me too, frankly. I'm hoping. You know, I don't know what I'm hoping for versus what I expect. You know, right. like okay. Well, let's say, what are you hoping for and what do you expect? I'm expecting that. 
uh, Celebron will be like, oh, and here are my plans. And like oh. unrolls this thing. And here's like the it's ring just shot. A, it's just a circle. And he's like, you know, for kids. <laughs> What's that? A ring? Yes, it's a ring. Stop asking me about it. <laughs> Do you have everybody's ring sizes? How yeah. did you get those? Yeah, did you ask Durin, like, what size ring are you? Yeah. For like this a is... ring of power. <laughs> right. Yeah, I just want, I want to give you a gift. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, like I was saying earlier, I think there's going to be a lot of reveals. I think we're finally going to find out who the stranger is. I think, yeah, to your point, we'll find out who's pulling Adar's strings. Um, if you know, like, I think we will find out. Oops, sorry, I didn't realize the buzzer your, was on. Your brownies are ready. Yeah, <laughs> I think we will find out who Halbrand is, or a little bit more about his story. And yeah, I mean, we're gonna have the Harfoots, I guess, rescue the stranger. But yeah, I think I think that'll be the big reveal next time. So the stranger. The stranger. Yeah. And then I kind of don't give a shit about a lot of the other stuff. I mean, I I don't know where we're going to go with the dwarf story to wrap that up unless it does continue on with that Disa as evil beast going on. Right. Which I think that would be interesting. I'm, I'm game for that. Like, yeah. wouldn't that be weird? Yeah, because yeah. I love her character. And right. This now all the Internet so racists of- can be right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. It, it would be out of left field. It, it would, would be, be completely. But but. It would be completely earned because like, yeah, it's only one scene, but like it it did up until a moment, up until it didn't, it felt okay. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh no, this, this took a very hard turn, but up until the moment right before it took a turn, like it was believable. Like she was making sense and you could understand why she would be upset, but it's like that turning of the dial further that feels like maybe there's maybe there's something else going on maybe it should have been called the eyes not the ie yeah i I think for me my hope is that one of the unnamed characters or misnamed characters gets a correct name or like you mentioned with halbrand like a better direction given and yeah i'm kind of with you like the galadriel stuff yeah. Okay. Like the Harfoot stuff with the Harfoots, I think is like you said, it's going to be a big part of it. And I think the stuff with Elrond going back to the elf city is also going to be a big part of it. I like, I hope they have reveal. There's some reveals, but if they don't reveal who the stranger is at the end of this season, like, does it, or when, when do they then? Cause if you make it out of this season without revealing it, like all bets are off. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> If they go through the entire first season of Twin Peaks without revealing who killed Laura Palmer, I just don't know what I'm going to do with myself. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, like this, this show has done it to itself in a lot of ways. Yeah. Right. True. Yeah. I mean, it's like anytime you have a character who looks like a character that half of, if not everybody in the world knows then you can't blame us for wondering who the fuck he is throughout the entire first episode or first season of the show. Like that's not on us. That's on the creators of the show. That was an intent. So I, I hope they answer it, but if they don't like, yeah, and then it'll be a reveal down the road. And hopefully that reveal, I would assume has some value in waiting. So who knows? Fingers crossed. All I know is we're not going to get a title until we're talking about it. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Give it a rest. Amazon. Next season, they just reveal all the titles. So just like, this is it. A week before we air, here's all the titles. I mean, are we supposed to think that, like, who cares? I guess they care. I guess Amazon cares. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'll tell you, man, the way that they ended the episode with with the thing with Mordor was pretty cheesy. They should have ended it with that goddamn Balrog reveal because that was fucking great. That was just nice. to show that little just to show the the flat, the, the flower, the leaf falling and falling and falling. And then it gets burned up by the Balrog. You can't you can't write that scene any better. That's why they wrote it the way that they wrote it. It was mm-hmm. that was a perfect reveal. And then they have this like dorky. Indiana Jones blazing saddles burning of the map. It's like, oh dear, whatever, <laughs> whatever, fine. Yeah, yeah. It was had a, a good cringy. thing. He gilded the lily just a little bit. Yeah. I mean, even if Adar was just like, this is no longer the Southlands, this shall now be known as Mordor. And I was just like, oh, I like that. But having it as a graphic reveal, I was like, uh, okay. Yeah. Like, uh, get it, get it. It's Mordor. Get it, get it. That's where the third movie takes place. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I think we know. That was. You didn't even have to funny. tell us it was Mordor. No. Like, Jesus, what do you think? What, exactly. what do you think we think it is? Like, even, yeah. End the line. He's like, this is no longer the Southlands. Go up, go off, go back to the mines of Moria and show what's going on. And that's it. Yeah. yeah. We don't need that. Yeah, I uh, I wonder I, I wonder who who made that call because that feels like a misstep because they had a really compelling way to leave this episode on a cliffhanger with that Balrog. Yeah. That's not a cliffhanger. We know it's Mordor. That Balrog is a hell of a cliffhanger. And you know what? That might that might not come to fruition for a season or two. No, no. If that, like, right. it's it's all the like that leaf falls for a while <laughs> at balrog's not climbing out of there in the next five minutes type thing which is right again now they're now it kind of introduces like a little bit of a ticking clock mechanism to the dwarf storyline because now you know what now everybody audience knows what's going on and where this is going so now they can start building towards the in the initial i guess introduction of the balrog to the dwarfs because mm-hmm. they don't know it's there they just they don't know what that they think it's just the mountain reacting. Uh, it's reacting all right. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, until next week when we wrap this thing up with the cleverly titled episode 1.8. Chris, where can people find you and what you're working on? Should plug we should plug our things like Amazon plugs their TV show. We work at website name.com <laughs> <laughs> no you can find uh most of the things if not all the things that i work on over at weirding way media which we have 19 shows 18 including 18 plus one this one that you're listening to right now uh so yeah 19 including this show over at weirding way media all kinds of stuff movie pop culture you name it you can probably find it and if you can't we're adding new shows all the time so that's where you can find most of the stuff that I work on. If you want stuff that I work on specifically, see stashu.com. But Weirding Way Media is where you're going to want to find most of the stuff that I work on. What about you, Mike? Same thing. Absolutely the same thing. You can find all the stuff that I'm working on over at weirdingwaymedia.com. It's almost like we were in this together, Chris. Yes, it is. It's almost like we're Doran and Elrond. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which one of us is Doran. I don't know which one of us is all running at this point. I'm too afraid to ask. 